Father, we are so it's words of this song that that takes us beyond where we are sitting right now. For you are the creator of all, but you do something more special to us and in us that we cannot muster up on ourselves. And that is that you call us and make us by the power of the Holy Spirit, you decree us to be the children of God. Sons of God. And whereby we cry out from the depth of our souls Abba and Holy Spirit all over this room today it was you that called me from the wound of my mother before I was born in Sardis poor sharecropper Alabama it was you that had this church in mind for be planted here in Fairfield in a community in a part of our world where most or many will grow up in homes but there is no father in the house. But God, today, as we worship you, as we praise you, as we open up your word, as we ask for you to come and to drop by this little place here in Fairfield, and we pray, God, that you would make and you would call many women and young boys and girls all over this city, from the east, from the west, from the north to the south, that you would call them as you have called the stars into existence. As you have planted the billions of galaxies. And each star you all you know by name. How much more you know those who are your children, Father. And so I pray, Lord, as a feeble servant in your presence, come Holy Spirit right now. Take my tongue. Take my mind. Take my thoughts. Take my very being, Lord. And cause me to preach your word as best I can through your spirit, empowered by your spirit, that you would do what you've always wanted to do. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, praise team. I don't know if you know it or not, but the triune God is in our midst. His spirit is here. And, um, God is doing God. And um, so let's stand to our feet. And I'm not going to read the whole text today. I'm just going to read from verse 12 from 17 CSB translation. Here we go. So then 
Brothers and sisters, we are not obligated to the flesh to live according to the flesh. Because if you live according to the flesh, you are going to die. That's both physically and spiritually. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all those who are led by God's spirit are God's sons. You did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Instead, you receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies together with our spirit that we are God's children. And if children also heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him from groans to glory. This is the word of God. You may have your seats. Our vision here at Urban Hope Community Church, it is about walking in the authentic, genuine, biblical Christianity. We're not here in Fairfield to play church. We're here to walk in the authentic, genuine, biblical Christianity. Here in Fairfield, and by God's grace, also in other hardcore urban communities like Fairfield and beyond. And that vision, as we say it every week, is leading people out of Egypt, which is a type of the world, and into the promised land where we experience Zoe life, real life, life and purpose, and being conformed to the image of Jesus, which is what we call the process of sanctification. That's why God has saved us. That's why he's calling you and I out of Egypt. Apostle Paul in Ephesians 2, he explains this Egypt to the promised land this way. And so it's going it's to be my first slide that I'm going to put up here up on the board. Ephesians 2, this is how Apostle Paul explains it. He says, and you, all of us, we were dead in the trespasses and sins. After Adam's sin, he passed on that sinful nature to all of us. We're all born with that evil bent and proclivity that goes against God in every area of our lives. Not just in some, but in all. And so Paul says we were dead, born dead. We're born in that mindset, that state of deadness, spiritual death, and in our sins. And then Paul says, in which you all once walked. This word walk is a daily operation. It's a condition of what we do as dead people, zombies, but look alive. We walked. Look is what I have it underlined. Following. Following the course of this world. 
aeon, present age, whatever it is, following it, following the prince of the power of the air, Satan, the spirit that is now at work in the sons or the children of disobedience. That's what we're here to do, to lead people out of the spiritual deadness of Egypt, groaning, fatherless, abandoned, with no hope. That's why we see and we hear the sirens and the police officers day in, day out, weekend after weekend. It's almost we've become used to it. Death is all around us. Spiritual death and also physical death. Paul says, the dead people, they walk according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, a course of life. Then verse three, Paul says, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind. Notice the body and the mind working together in unity. Now, if you ever want to find unity in the world, that's where it lies. The body is fulfilling what the mind tells it to do. Sleep with her, okay, body says. Shoot him, okay, body says. It's not like they're robots. The mind and the body is working together. That's unity. <laughs> An unholy unity, but it nevertheless is unity. And Paul says, we all once lived out the flesh, the passions of the flesh, carrying out those desires of the body and the mind. And Paul says, and we were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of my, mankind. That's everybody. God's message to the whole world. We all were dead. We all were dead in our trespasses and sins. But God being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, the gospel. And even when we were dead in our trespasses, God came into this world, came as a man, born of a woman, came into this world to save many sons and daughters, to rescue us from Egypt, and to do what Paul says here, he made us alive. This word to, means to, to be made alive. Zoe, real life, promised land, freedom. You were made to be free, not to be held in bondage to sin. You were made to be free in the image, in the likeness of God. That was God's intent, but sin came. And so now we're dead in our sins. We're in Egypt. We have a false God, a little God, planning to be like a big God, but he's an evil God. Pharaoh, Satan, he's not your friend. He doesn't want you to lift your hands and worship God. He wants you to worship him by your deeds and by your actions. But God has come. He has sent to us and given us this gospel message to free us up from Egypt and to lead us out and to be made alive, 
to become the true you, what God intended for you to become. So Paul says, God, who was rich in mercy, made us alive together with Christ. And all of this, Paul says, is by grace that you and I have been saved. The description and characteristics of the sons of disobedience is walking and following the prince of the power of the air. Pharaoh's their God. He was our God. And carrying out the desires of the body and the mind. But the description and the characteristics of the sons of God are those who are being led by the spirit in verse 14. The sons of God and the children of God. The description of us who are being led by the spirit of God is that we're being led into a battle to fight a daily battle of putting to death the deeds of the body that war against us every single day. There's not a day go by that you don't have to fight the good fight of faith. You got to fight for your marriage. You got to fight for unity in your home. You got to fight. It doesn't come easy. Satan is running around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He's always trying to incite division. It's all over the Internet. It's all over the social media. That's what he does. So you have to fight. And the Holy Spirit has come to us as the children of God. As verse 14 says, those who are being led by the Spirit of God, they are the children of God or the sons of God. And verse 13 says that we put to death the deeds of the flesh. We talked about it last week, which means to mortify, which literally means to kill, to deliver up to death, fighting against the fleshly desires that war against us. Trying to bring us back to the ways that we once lived in Egypt and according to the prince of this world. It's a fight. Some days are better than others. But nevertheless, you fight with the Holy Spirit. As I said on last week, you wouldn't even fight if the Holy Spirit wasn't in you. You would have no desire to fight. You will just walk according to the power of the prince of the air. You wouldn't desire to live holy and right and be at church. You would just give sway to all of the proclivities that came into your mind every waking moment. Because you are fighting and you're desiring to live for God. And to please him, that in itself lets us know the spirit of God is in us and he's in you. I left off last week by asking this important practical 
question on how are we led by the Holy Spirit? Because the word Paul says, we are those who are led by the Holy Spirit. They are the sons of God. And I said, and I was going to come back to this, that how are we led by the Holy Spirit? What does it look like to know that you're being led of the Holy Spirit? And so I want to give us today, and I'm going to be out your way, four points that I believe the Holy Spirit does in our lives. Third person of the Godhead, the Trinity, the Triune, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is in us as believers, what he does to lead us and to guide us. And so the first point that I believe that the Holy Spirit does in our lives is that he guides us into all truth. First keynote slide, Carl. Jesus says that when the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, when he comes, not osmosis, when he comes and sets up residence in you and I, he will guide you and I into all truth. He will guide us into all truth. All comprehensive truth about God, the gospels, the covenants, how God saves us. He guides us in all of that. Not just what some would say, but the Holy Spirit is very specifically, he has come, Jesus says, to guide us into all truth. Why is that so important? Which leads me to my second point, why we're talking about God brings us out of Egypt to lead us to the promised land. And God knows that when we're in Egypt, we were doing all kinds of stuff because we were dead in our sins. We were lost. We didn't know our right hand from our left hand. We did whatever came to our mind and our body reacted to it. But when God comes into us and he sets up residence in us, he leads us out of Egypt into the promised land. We get real life, Zoe life, and that is not an overnight thing. I wish it was. I wish it just happened overnight that you just go from unholy, you're holy positionally, but living it out practically is a process. It's called sanctification. It doesn't happen overnight. And so this is why on the second point, the Holy Spirit does this. Here's what it says. The Holy Spirit comes to lead us. And he sanctifies them by the truth. What is the truth? The word. This is why when you see people who are not writing or listening or meditating on the word, they can't just get sanctified. It's not like Pastor Hardy can just pray a prayer for you and you just become, um, you just go from um, living like what you did in Egypt to being what God wants you to be in, in the promised land in a moment. It's called setting your eyes on the word day and night. And it's through the word that God, by his spirit, he sanctifies us. 
that you get to know what's right and wrong. You begin to see the heart of God. So the word of God says the Holy Spirit, he sanctifies them by the truth for your word is truth. This is how we know what marriage is. We can't go by what Hollywood says. Hollywood doesn't promote marriage as God does. God says marriage is between a man and a woman committed to each other. What does Hollywood say? Chris Brown, the latest rapper. Is it what they say or is it what God has said in his holy word? And when you and I read it, we understand it. The Holy Spirit comes to us. He enlightens our minds that we understand it. Therefore, when we understand it, we see it. We are then being sanctified, made holy because we're growing in our understanding of the word of God and what he desires and what he wants for us to live. Which leads me to my third point. What is that the Holy Spirit does when he leads us? He renews our mind and he directs our wills according to his purposes. We see this in Romans 12. Actually, Romans 12, 2, Carl, I'm sorry. My father put it in there wrong. Um, it's Romans 12, 2, preached yesterday. And it says, therefore, let me read it to you. Therefore, Romans 12, where I'm going, where I'm going to Hebrews 4. Let me read it to you. Do not be conformed to this age, world, this present age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the good and pleasing and perfect will of God. How will you and I discern what is the perfect will of God? It's through his word, daily meditating and digesting ourselves in it. We become and discern what is the perfect will of God. Our mind is being renewed as we study and read and we meet together in Bible studies, in women's Bible study, in, in, in a college Bible study. That's why, we're, that's why all of these things are important in community. And as we do that, we are growing and we're learning and we're discerning and we're coming to an understanding on what it is the good and the pleasing and perfect will of God. The Holy Spirit is, is, is guiding us and he's directing our wills according to his purposes for which he has called us out of Egypt. And this leads me to my next verse, how he directs our will. For God, it says in Philippians 2.13, for it is God who is working in you both to will and to work according to his good purpose. 
So God is, by the power of the Holy Spirit, he's directing and renewing our mind through the word, which is the truth. He's sanctifying us. And when he's sanctifying us, he's renewing our mind. And he's directing our wills according to his purposes and his plans in you for his glory. Well, there's one even greater that's in our text today. That the Holy Spirit leads his children, the children of God, to understand. And this is the greatest affirmation and assurance that the Holy Spirit does in the life of every genuine believer. And this is what he does. He's affirming and assuring us that we are the sons of God, that we are the children of God, and that we have received the spirit of adoption. Adoption is the procedure by which a person is taken from one family or from no family and placed in another. So God says he's giving us the spirit of adoption. He's taking us from one family and he's placing us in another family. Well, what family did he take us out of? Ephesians 2 tell us he took us out of what? The kingdom of Satan. The prince of the power of the air. We too once walked. We were Satan's children. Some would say we were in the same path of our first father, the first Adam. That's where we were, our first father, who committed sin against God. And because he was our federal headship, he passed on that sinful nature to us. But God adopts us. He takes us out of that Adam first family and he puts us in his new family that he's building in his kingdom. And so he takes us out of the family of Satan and he places us in the family of God. Let that sink in. In the family of God. And then Paul goes on in this text. He says that we have received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, versus the spirit of slavery and fear that Paul speaks to in verse 15. Carl, put verse 15 up of the text of Romans. You did not receive a spirit of slavery to fall back into the fear, back to the, when we were dead in our sins and in slavery and in bondage to sin. We did not receive that. God has done something amazing. He has not given us a spirit of slavery. So where we fear, we fall back and back into that Romans chapter 7 where we are trying to live this life without the spirit of God. God has done an amazing thing. So we have not received the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Instead, you have received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit of God leads us into sonship, 
the spirit of God in this room tonight. He's working overtime. He's working overtime in your life right now. According to Galatians 4, 6, he's working overtime. This is the reason why God sent him. It says in Galatians 4, 6, because you are sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. The spirit of God in this room tonight, he's working overtime to assure you and I, to affirm to us that we are the children of God. The Holy Spirit has been sent into our hearts that we cry out, Abba, Father. This word Abba is Aramaic. It's an Aramaic word. It means father. And the word refers to that of a babbling little child in a home saying to his mom or dad, Papa, Dada. What's so amazing about this, no Jew in the time of Jesus or Moses, any other time, would have dared, uttered God with Father. They would have considered it improper, irreverent to the highest degree. What God is, has done in the gospel is come to Egypt, the world, and saved a people. And he has sent his Holy Spirit into our hearts that we cry out, Abba, Father, that we're the sons and the children of God. It's working overtime. The reason why I was, when I started praying and they were singing, lots of people struggle because we're in a fatherless culture. And so how we understand and see God is actually through what Paul says, through that fear, bondage. There's a lot of different concepts about God that we have in our mind, in our heart. We don't see God as God sees himself to us, that he's our father and he's good father. He's a good, good father. And so we see God as distant, far away, not loving us, not caring about us, but the Holy Spirit is working overtime in our hearts, helping us to see that God is our father that we are his sons, that we are his daughters, that we are the children of God, that we have been translated out from a, from a, from a family and into a new family. A family that he is building and that he's a good father and that he's calling us. The Holy Spirit is working in your hearts tonight that God is your father. That you would cry out with an earnest plea, Abba, Daddy, Father, Mama, God, 
not impersonal, but a deep intimacy, a deep sense of closeness that he is your father, that he's nearby, that he's not a distant thunder. But all over this room tonight, his spirit is speaking into your heart that you would cry out maybe for the first time at a heart level, Abba, Daddy, no, you're my dad. And though you may have one, you could have had one of the worst earthly dads that we can even conceive. Maybe he was never there. Maybe he told you he hated you and, and all of that. But here tonight, God says, dude, if you believe the gospel, if you believe the story, if you believe what God has done to rectify us, to call us out of Egypt, that then the Holy Spirit has been sent into your heart that you cry out, Daddy, it took God a long time. That's your pastor. Had no really earthly father. Only had really one or two conversations with him that I can remember. That had really any meaning. Maybe one. And that was the one I always tell you about. At my mother's funeral. And so it took God a long time to finally break through. In fact, in my early stages of Christianity, I never called him father. Because I never had an earthly father. And I didn't realize how much of what I was, of my earthly father, I was putting on my heavenly father. And how I was seeing him. I said, I always would say to God, I know you don't care about me. Why? Because my earthly father wasn't there. So I had nothing to relate to. And so the spirit of God was working over my heart as a fatherless kid with a fatherless wound that I would cry out, Daddy. Because I never said Daddy to my natural dad. He wasn't there. And all over this room, I know, and in our city, that's probably the greatest wound, the greatest spiritual hurt and pain that's working in our communities and in this room and all over Miles College campus and all at Fairfield High School is the daddy wound. It's the fatherless wound. And the Spirit of God is in this room and he's working in you and I that we would cry out. Abba. Verse 16, Paul basically sums it up. He says, Carl, put verse 16 back up for me, please. He says, the Spirit himself testifies. It bears witness together with our spirit. See, the Holy Spirit says, I'm bearing witness in your spirit. He's working with your spirit tonight that we are God's children. Let me tell you when this really clicked for me. 
right now, all over the world, especially in America, there are another voice out there who are trying to tell us who we are by pigmentation. Preach Holy Spirit. All over America right now, who are you? Look at your skin. God says you are who you are as his spirit comes into you through the gospel. You become a child of God, the sons of God. But there's a voice, a false God, the God of Egypt, who's telling the church and the world that who you are is based on this. This is why it's so hard for us to to understand the oneness that we have in Jesus. See, it hit me thoroughly. I was trying to base oneness on color. Not on the truth of what God has said. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. He leads you and guides you into all truth, not into a lie. The world can do nothing but lie to us. Because the God of this world, Jesus says in John 8, he's a father of lies and there is no truth in him. He said you are what your skin is. God says you are what you are based on his spirit resting inside of you. So who are the children of God? Who are they? Is it on skin? Or is it on God's spirit resting inside of your heart? If you listen to the world, it's based on skin color. But according to God, it's based on the work of Jesus and what he's done to save sinners, which God is calling into a family called the family of God. It's a supernatural thing. God is choosing all of us, you don't get to pick your brothers and sisters. God is the one who's choosing them. So who are your brothers and who are your sisters? Based on what? Based on what Paul says through the spirit. told you, man, Romans is filled with meat. I can, it's on this alone, a new family. The church is out of world, it's out of Egypt. Egypt is based on a whole lot of stuff. But God calls us out to a new kingdom, a new family. Who are we? Who are the children of God? Is it based on Natural means what part of the world you was born into, Africa, Iraq, Iran, Russia. Who are the children of God? Paul says those who, who are led by the spirit of God, they are sons of God. How is it that the spirit of God leads us? He leads us in truth, all the truth, not some truth. And all the truth. That's how it hits, hit me. See, some of y'all has caught me on the back end. 
I was probably as close as ethno nationalism as you could get. And by the grace of God, if he didn't step in, I would have been shipwrecked in my faith. Some of you say, what do you mean by ethnic nationalism? I was um, out of balance with my theological understanding of the scriptures. I just thought that because I was black, that was just an inherent righteous or something. I don't know where it came from. I was reading a lot. I wasn't reading correctly. Deviling in Muslim and Islam and all that stuff and fair kind. So I had a lot of confusion. And came into the church, believed in Jesus, but still I had a lot of that stuff hanging on me. And didn't understand that God is the one who's adopting, taking from himself a people out of all out of all the human race and bringing them into a new family. Therefore, you and I don't get to choose who our brothers and sisters are. And this is why when you really get that in your heart, you just start to live out the reality of the kingdom as it is in heaven, as God decides it to be on earth. And I truly believe, and I end here, that through a small church, here in Birmingham, that is what the Lord is doing. We're not pursuing it for our own gain. We're just living out what is in heaven. As soon as you die, what you will see if a Christian, when you open your eyes, you're going to see people from every tongue and tribe and nation under the sun. And you're going to say, first thing you're going to say, why did I waste all my time Fighting for something that has no eternal <laughs> influence on God's perfect kingdom that will be and last forever. I remember the Lord speaking to me clearly. He said, you're fighting for a wrong kingdom. He said, you need to go read Revelation 7, 9. Read it. See what it tells you. What does it say? And I saw people from every nation, <laughs> tongue and tribe, doing what? Singing like we were singing today, unto our God. When you finally get that you are children of God, walking in with your sisters and brothers who have a different skin color becomes much easier. It's like, what was I doing? Holy Spirit. You have called us from, from the world. You chose us out of the world. You made us alive. You're working on us. You're working in our hearts. You're testifying to our hearts that we are the children of God. As we cry out, Daddy, 
Father. Lord, I know that's hard for some. Because the natural daddy wound is really it's really deep. It's, it's a it's a deep scar there. And they see you like they see their natural dad. Angry, vengeful, hard hearted, hateful. And everything else. And so, Father, I pray. That you would do what you did to me as a fatherless kid from the inner cities of America. You broke through by your spirit and caused me to see that you were my true father. A father that I was looking for all along and all the time. And Father, there are many in this room. That's what they're looking for. Holy Spirit, right now, you have been sent. You've been summoned to bear witness to our hearts that we are the children of God. That we are not what the world says we are. We are what you, Father, have written in your word that sanctifies us because your word is truth. And your word tells us That you, Father, loved us with an everlasting love, an eternal love, an unconditional love, a love that is hard for us to even to understand that you would take on our sinfulness. You being holy and perfect in all righteousness would take on our sinfulness so that we could become your children. Holy Spirit. That truth is, is otherworldly. It is beyond us coming to understand it by our own strength. And so I pray that you right now, Father, by your sovereign grace and election, that you would right now, Father, that you would avail the eyes and cause many people in this room to see that you are their father, that you, they are your children, that you have adopted them and us into your family your kingdom that Satan the spirit and the spirit of the air he's no longer our father he's no longer our dad you are and you are good and you're good and you're a good father and you're a good dad save us Lord save us I pray in Jesus name amen amen Please stand to your feet. Receive this benediction. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance towards you this day and grant you his fatherly peace. 
Amen. Amen. Bump fist. Give your brothers and sisters who are your brothers, who are your true brothers and sisters. Give them the fist bump.